This is Lisa Murkowski, Chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee with Murkowski's Message Podcast. Hello to everyone and welcome to this episode of Murkowski's Message. I think this is our fifth. It's Thursday, June 11. I so appreciate that you're joining me. We have been uh, going through some very, very difficult um, times in these past few months. So it is always good when we can come together to talk about some of the good things that are happening. And we have some good news coming out of Fairbanks, Alaska and Golden, Colorado. For those who have spent any time in, in the Arctic, uh, you know it requires a certain amount of toughness and, and probably a little ingenuity to, to, to live above the Arctic Circle. It's cold, we all know that, it's dark, the winds are strong, um, the winters can be really, really long. Uh, on top of that, it is expensive to live up there. You've got some residents and business owners who are paying up to nine times more for energy than those folks who live in the lower 48. So it, it is just a reality. And one of the things that I, I, I know I will never forget, I was in Antioch and we had had kind of a community gathering in, in the community center there in the tribal hall. And, and there was a woman in the back with a, with a small baby, I think about four months old. And she, she didn't ask any questions during the, the community meeting, but she came up to me afterwards. And she said, Lisa, what can you do to help us with our energy costs? She says, I'm fostering this little baby. Um, I've, I've had him now for, for just a short while. But I had to choose between feeding him buying formula for him or, or buying home heating fuel. And she says, I don't know if you can really fix anything, but I want you to remember my story. And she gave me a receipt that she had received from the, from the store for her stove fuel oil. And it was a receipt for $50 for five gallons of, of home heating fuel. And, you know, it's conversations like that that make you work harder every day to help people like that woman and that little baby that she was caring for, help them try to find ways to, to reduce their costs, um, to be more efficient in their homes so that they and their families are, are warm. This is just our, our reality. You know, so many, um, so many uh, Alaskans still rely on, on old wood stoves for, for um, heating their homes. Uh, we know biomass great source of, of energy uh, resource, but, but the smoke from inefficient stoves can, can really degrade the air quality, bad for public health. So when you think about those who are working to make a difference, uh, to not only uh, reduce the cost of energy, to not only make our homes more efficient, to not only make, make uh, our homes healthier for our families, you, you, you need to look no further than what Cold Climate Housing Research Center is doing. Their mission is, is so, so critical. So they're based in Fairbanks, but again, really committed to lowering energy prices through efficiency and smart engineering. I've had the privilege and the pleasure to get to know uh, many there at, at Cold Climate Housing. Um, fantastic team of, of 
of researchers and individuals who have developed technologies and products for more sustainable and durable housing for those in the circumpolar region. And I think we recognize it's not just for those in, in cold climates. It's, it's how we can take these, these innovations and, and put them in other regions of the world where they're, they're equally challenged by, by, by weather and environmental issues. So today, I'm just really pleased to be able to, to introduce to listeners three individuals who I have come to know and, and have such deep respect for. The CEO of the Cold Climate Housing Research Center, Mr. Jack A. Bear, and then the president of, of CCHRC is Bruno Grinot. We also have Dr. Martin Keller, who is the director of the Department of Energy's National Renewable Energy Lab. And earlier this week, the center and the lab announced an exciting, exciting new partnership. And that's what we're going to have an opportunity to speak to today. So my, my gratitude to the three of you for joining me on this podcast today, but even more for the exceptional and the extraordinary work that each of you do. So welcome to each of you. Let's start, Jack, with you as, as one of the founders of Cold Climate Housing Research. For those who are not familiar uh, with your extraordinary organization, can you just give us a, a, a quick uh, history background of Cold Climate Housing Research Center, your, your mission, and, and um, basically how you got where you got? Well, thank you, and uh, I'm delighted to share share that history. But um, you certainly understand, Lisa, the the challenges that the people of Alaska have always faced in having adequate shelter, uh, healthy homes that that aren't a burden on the community and on the families. But our roots uh, at the research center really come from folks with tool belts. I've been a builder in Alaska for 47 years now, so a long time. And uh, in the 90s, uh, members of the Alaska State Home Building Association, uh, in a sense, out of frustration that, uh, that we were burdened with the failures of building science from outside the state, uh, and and trying to make a, a a home that works well for our people was was really something that wasn't being done in Alaska. We were borrowing uh, the research that had been elsewhere done elsewhere, primarily in Canada, which was appropriate, but but not a not a real basic grassroots effort from from folks that actually build the homes here. Uh, working with the people that live here to create shelter that is healthy, portable, and sustainable for our people. So in the late 90s, we were founded by members of that association. At the time, I was president of the Alaska State Home Builders. We're, we're also part of the National Association of Home Builders. But uh, we founded this research center to be a whole lot more than just a study on a shelf. <coughs> Uh, but something that you could feel and touch and would change people's lives. And, and the history began there. Uh, the other piece of what we really believe in is if, uh, if you can't see it, feel it, and touch it, really how real is it? So uh, working with 
the people of Alaska, and that's both the first first people and the later people, uh, looking at what their needs were and what their challenges were and listening to them. Uh, we began a program of, of uh, the building science pieces, the components of, of a home, uh, but also the mechanical systems. But I think more importantly, what the needs were of the folks. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, and I've done a number of, uh, of pro well, not a number, literally hundreds of projects throughout the state of Alaska showing what can be done here and mining the creativity of the people of the state. Uh, so our history now is 20 years, or 21 years uh, of these kinds of demonstrations and progress. Uh, it's been quite a journey. We've learned a lot. Uh, it's something we're always learning about, and uh, as the decades ahead uh, unfold, uh, we will continue to learn and share, not just with Alaskans, but we feel like this is something that can be a benefit to, uh, to all the people of the circumpolar world. You know, when you when you recite that uh, that background and 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 uh, just the commitment to what you're doing, how you're doing. And when you think about when you think about some of the housing that was built, particularly out in in some of our uh, more remote uh, villages, you had the old BIA housing that looked like it came out of I don't know Oklahoma or, or, or somewhere. And and the the challenges, the problems when you try to almost airdrop something that will work somewhere else in, in America but is just not not useful and in fact almost wasteful in, in putting something there that that not only is not sustainable but actually ends up being unhealthy for those who, who live in them. Just you know, understanding the science of, of, of insulation in an Arctic environment or in a in a in a, a wet environment, you know, you've got the, 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 the rainforest down there in the in the Tongas, and you know you you have to build differently. Uh, you have to create efficiencies, and that that is exactly what you have done. You have built for um, where you are, rather than taking a model and saying there's a need here. We're going to take that model there, which really really speaks to to uh, best practices and and sharing knowledge and and. Well, I I am very involved in in Arctic uh, initiatives and and attend so many of the of the uh, Arctic and international conferences that are focused on on the the polar region. So let me ask this question to you, Bruno, about the work that CCHRC does in the circumpolar region. How you share knowledge and, and best practices with our friends in other Arctic nations? Well, thank you uh, for the question. Um, you, know, you know, you really nailed it, hit the, the nail on the head there with uh, what, we're, what we're facing um, with regard to inappropriate use of technologies, or I should say technologies inappropriate for the Arctic. So um, what we generally start with is we start with creating the knowledge going through energy efficiency, moisture control, thermal performance, heating, ventilation, all of that. And, and as we both, as we talked about already, um, we, we apply that uh, through 
through these through these programs, through these creations, through these demonstrations, we have a program we call um, Sustainable Northern Communities, which is really where the rubber really meets the road. And we apply our findings to rural communities across the state, and um, and and this is really where we we take a holistic approach. We involve communities. This is tribal and regional housing entities, uh, federal and state agencies, uh, pretty much everybody involved. Uh, to to create these demonstration buildings, right? That that use reduced energy. Um, that use, I should say. Sorry about that. It, it, sorry for the start of there. They're demonstration buildings that, that reduce energy by about eighty percent. Um, how do we get that out there? This is really uh, really about um, engaging communities. Uh, Engaging the the communities across the the circumpolar north, um, we've engaged with and, and done work with our with our neighbors to the east of us. You know, Canada. Uh, we even have uh, international representation. Uh, you know, on our board of directors. Uh, you know, this is just this past January we hosted an international thermal and energy uh, systems, the Resilience and Arctic Climates Forum. Um, so really, it's about developing these relationships, getting the examples that we. Have, uh, that we've worked with out there and, and into the public, uh, into the public eye, and uh, and we also do this through outreach programs. You know, we get the the knowledge and best practices out to the world through homeowner and trade shows, classes, uh, consulting with contractors, design <coughs> firms, uh, homeowners. <coughs> we also write articles for trade magazines and newspapers, and and we do have some peer-reviewed uh, publications. But, and then, of course, the biggest one is we share our publications and videos uh, through our, our website and YouTube channel. But quite really, I, quite frankly, I think that through this partnership with NREL, we'll really be able to, to dramatically expand our reach, uh, both, both domestically and internationally. Well, let's, let's bring Dr. Keller into, into the conversation here, because as you say, the, the mission, the reach of CCRHRC, I spell I those up, CCHRC. Um, it really has grown, and, and we're seeing that now extend into the lower 48 with this new federal partnership. So, so Dr. Keller, you're with the National Renewable Energy Lab there in Golden. How, in, in your view, does Cold Climate Housing Research Center's work fit into the lab's federal research efforts? So thank you for the opportunity to be on, on, on the radio today with you. Uh, look, when you look back at the history of NREL, so now we're over 40 years old, we started out where nobody was thinking about renewable energy, energy efficiency. We were seen as one of the, the pioneers, the, one of the early starters to see how could you develop a, gener a next generation of energy technologies also with this goal to create a better planet for the future. And now I think, as you all know, we came a long way. So we have very efficient solar panels. The electricity cost for solar and wind is plummeting. It's become one of the cheapest way of energy. And then there's all the energy efficiencies, which we also then, uh, and you described this very well, it's both together. We just have a, a house with solar panels, but it's not, and it's not the right path forward. So then the question is for us, how do you further then bring this technology into the marketplace? How do you bring technology to the people? We at Enel, we love science. Science is wonderful. But science just for science sake is not good enough. If you really want to create a better planet, you have to bring the technology, the science, to the people. 
and what not other place than doing this in Alaska. So why are we so excited to do this in Alaska? And you know, you all described this very well. Alaska is uh, uh, full of pioneers, of people who struggle to make a living to survive in this very harsh environment. And by definition, folks in this harsh environment are primed to really be creative and be innovative and adapt new technologies. So when we had the, the opportunity to visit, uh, you know, when, when we visit up there in, in, in Alaska, Senator, also with you, and we saw what, what the Cold Climate Housing Research Center have done, we felt that this is the best synergy for us. Uh, Jack said this, you have the boot on the ground, we have some of the technologies. Now together we can really work to bring these technologies into these rural communities combine uh, housing development efficiency with the advanced energy technologies in together and then advance this route to the next level. And also, this is not only important for Alaska, but then what we're learning from these rural communities, from this harsh environment, can be applicable to many different areas across the world, many different other rural communities, also here in the United States on, on a global scale. And this is why we are so excited about this partnership. It is. It, you know, I can hear. I can hear the excitement in your voice, and know that I, I share. Uh, I share that the opportunity to be with with the three of you there in Fairbanks, um, as as we talked about the potential. It was an exciting discussion, and to know that this partnership is is now going to move forward. I, I know that there have been questions from folks uh, up in Alaska in in Fairbanks about what this means there. Uh, so Bruno, uh, I guess the question to you is, is, is will the center's employees and, and research efforts continue to be located there in Fairbanks? Are we going to see any changes? Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, well, I'll say changes to the positive. Um, this really is a partnership. I mean, the, the CCHRC that Jack founded, um, that 501c3, still continues to exist. We still have a board. We still have members. It's just that NREL created a new center within the structure of the organization called the Cold Climate Housing Research Center. But this is the same talented staff, the same people who did the work to get us to this point, which is now NREL. Um, we're still going to continue to operate from Fairbanks, but we're going to work outward from there to Alaska, to across the nation, to across the globe. Um, the, the, the lessons that we learned here in the Arctic were the challenges that we've described here. Um, these lessons can be applied across the globe. Um, it's that really Alaska tough attitude. If you can do it in Alaska, you can do it anywhere. Um, as, as Jack mentioned, you know, we'll continue to grow, we'll grow our staff, we'll increase our impact, we'll affect that change. And our, our vision is to grow mostly with Alaskan talent, uh, Alaskan builders, architects, engineers, scientists, but we'll have the support and talent of NREL and Golden to help build that capacity. And, and I also believe that this work is gonna help grow our own economy here to help address our housing issues, but we'll do it with the uh, enhanced strength that we gain through this partnership. Yeah, you know, it is it is just exciting to think about about the different synergies uh, between what you have built there at, at Cold Climate Housing and, and between the strengths of, of NREL um, as, as one of our, our national labs. So we're going to wrap up here, but let me let me just uh, give uh, you, Jack, an opportunity for, for a co final comment, and you, Dr. Keller, uh, if there's anything further that you want to add about what you hope to accomplish with this partnership. Jack, why don't you go first? Well, 
the the real basis uh, I think the real encouraging piece of this is that that our vision and ideals uh, are the same between our two organizations that we realize that uh, a roof over a family's head is the biggest investment they can make that that needs to be that kind of shelter needs to be healthy and warm and sustainable we bring from Alaska the the knowledge of 20,000 years of success in one of the harshest climates in the world. Our partners are the first people here, as well as the folks that have come later. And that we can bring that creativity and knowledge into a, a an international and national arena. Uh, if we didn't have the same I ideals and the same spirit and the same vision as Martin and his organization have, we couldn't do this successfully. But that's something we share deeply, and I think it'll be a, a really wonderful thing to watch unfold in the years ahead. Oh, that's exciting. Dr. Keller, we're going to give you the final word here. Any comments that you might want to make about partnership? Yeah, thank you, Senator. So look, I mean, Jack said it exactly here, that annual we call ourselves, we call ourselves like a family. So now we have a new new increased family up in Alaska. And it's not only just between CCHRC, we're also seeing this uh, as a tremendous opportunity to expand even more collaboration and partnerships also to the university. In Alaska, we have uh, already discussions to see how we can bring in some of the joint appointments between the faculties. So we're seeing this really as a tremendous opportunity to bring scientists and experience from Alaska to their communities within Alaska and expand from there out, not only to the rural communities, but what we're learning, what we have done also will be applicable for our military bases, for some of the okay. uh, front uh, uh, oil and gas industries. And all this together is the tremendous opportunity, and we're very excited. And uh, thank you, Senator, for all your support to bring this partnership to uh, fruition. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I just. As we conclude, I, I want to thank you, Jack, Jack Hebert, Bruno Grineau, and Dr. Martin Keller, uh, not only for joining me, but for your vision, um, your vision and your passion. I think you can hear in, 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 in their voices that there is a commitment. This is not just a day job here, um, but this is a, a passion with a purpose that is, is serving uh, Alaska, it's serving the Arctic, it's serving our nation. We, we just thank you for what you are, are doing and contributing. And um, I can't wait to get, get back home and, uh, and see all the good work that, uh, that is going on at the Cold Climate Housing Research Center. So with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Murkowski's Message Podcast. Be safe, be healthy. Thank you. Take care all. Bye-bye.